0: the words from him. And hopefully you won't tell on me. <laughs> so I did take this for you, baby. Oh, thank you so much. I'm good. I have it right here on my iPad. Um, if everybody could just uh, give God a hand. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> but if I was God, that would be nice. But yeah. I'm well, not God. And I'm just a man. So when I ask everybody to give God a hand, I mean the God of all creation, the the God of your salvation, the God who has brought you from death to life. So I'm going to ask again, can somebody please stand to your feet and give the God of your life, the lover of your soul, some type of praise that represents the entirety of who he is to you. Father, we come before you today realizing that your love is the only thing that kept us from death. Yeah. Father, realizing that your love is the only thing that gives us identity. Father, that your love is the only thing that keeps us from our own self-destruction. Yeah. Father, we ask that your love rain down on us like a pillar of fire this afternoon, oh God. That your love in the message of your love, the hope of your love, the peace of your love, the, the, the correction of your love, the justice of your love, wrap its loving arms around us, oh God. Let it consume our minds. Let it rearrange the way that we think. Let it rearrange the way that we talk. Let it rearrange the way that we move. Let it rearrange the way that we speak. Let it rearrange our very inner thoughts. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to worship amongst like-minded believers. We thank you for this opportunity to fellowship under such great leadership. God, we just thank you for this opportunity just to serve you. Father God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you speak this afternoon, that the hearts may be open, that the ears may be receptive, and Lord God, hide this word as a seed of faith inside these hearts, oh God. Let it be planted, let it be rooted by your and watered by your word, watered by faith, oh God, and let it just flourish and let it blossom and bloom into a tree that bears your fruit. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. In the mighty name of Jesus, can everybody say in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. Um I'm, I'm so honored that uh, Apostle Stephanie uh, would, would give me this opportunity to uh, speak here. Um, they are absolutely like family. Her and Shane, and uh, Cammy, and uh, what's that other guy's name? <laughs> we love you, Jay. um we love your family. We love this church. We love everything about you guys, your heart. Um, I thank God for my sweetie pie, the woman that, that has rained down the favor of God on my life. Um, she's been everything to me. She's been everything for me. And I, I, a lot of times I tell people I really wouldn't be where I am in ministry had God not brought her in my path. And for that, I thank you, sweetie, and then I thank God for your mother, because she has you. And she raised you to be gorgeous. <laughs> Inside and out. Um, <laughs> as Pastor Stephanie said, I, I, I'm, I'm silly, I'm goofy. I'm, I'm gonna be myself. Um, I love uh, my sister Rebecca she's back there she came to support so thank you give her a hand Mama is back. she said I couldn't miss this uh, so if you could um, go ahead and go to the first slide uh, Miss uh, what, what, what did she call you what did she call her <laughs> darling can you go to the slide um, when I God and I are in a very interesting place in our relationship right now. Uh, and, I, and I say that so casually because I've come to the realization that God is a person. Yes. And, and because I understand that he's a person, uh, I treat him as such. So our relationship, when I say that, is in a funny place right now. We're growing, or excuse me, I'm growing to understand him more and more. And one of the things that he he deposited in me, um, as I was just driving, I was in the parking lot at uh, Sweetie where were We we were at uh, Colder's, and I was driving in the parking lot, and 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 the Holy Spirit just yelled inside my head. Used my voice and yelled inside my head. And it's funny because I knew it was the Holy Spirit immediately because. Generally, when the Holy Spirit yells inside my head, it's something that I normally wouldn't say. But more importantly, it's something way more divine and wise than what I would ever be able to think of. It's something profound. It's something beyond my understanding. And and one of the things that uh, God was dealing with me at the time was pursuing God's heart. Um, Pursuing God's heart. It is first of all understanding that Acts 17 and 27 says that they should seek the Lord, and this is my favorite part, if happily they might feel after him. There's, there's something about being in the dark sometimes and trying to find the light switch. And, and you're trying to look and find that light switch with so much joy that you're, you're just like, oh, Lord, I, I can't stay in the dark any longer. I need to find a way to be able to see. The scripture says we have to happily feel after him. And then it says that we find him though he be not what? Far from every one of us. And and I remember when I was a kid, there were times where I would be in the supermarket at Meijer and for some strange reason, I would wander off from my mom and I I would panic because I couldn't see over the I couldn't see over the clothes, I couldn't see over the aisles, and and I'll never forget there were many times where I'm just sitting there screaming and I'm crying and I'm like, Mom, where are you? Where are you? And little did I know she was looking for me at the same exact time that I was looking for her. And so all of a sudden you would hear over the loudspeaker, Nicholas Singleton, please come to register for... Nicholas Singleton, please come to Register 4. And then all of a sudden, once I came to Register 4, I realized Register 4 was just one, two, three steps over. And she was right there. But when I was in Clover's parking lot, and we were driving, and Holy Spirit, he yelled something in my head. And how many of us love to be blessed? How, How many of us feel like There's nothing almost better than being blessed. The Holy Spirit yelled to me, and I'm going to have to pull the mic back because I'm going to yell just like he gave it to me. He said, God does not concern himself with your blessings. I'm going to say it again. God does not concern himself with your blessings. And I got offended. I got immediately offended. And now and hear me out clearly. I'm not saying God doesn't care. Yeah, the Holy Spirit didn't say God doesn't care about your blessings. He said he doesn't concern himself with your blessings. That's not what he does every day. He doesn't sit high up on his throne. He doesn't sit as the majesty of the universe and wonder how he can bless you every single day. That's not what he does. Yeah, and when I was thinking about this message and how God gave it to me, I was like, This kind of nation, they don't need this. I was like, they don't need this. And then I kept telling myself, they don't need this. They don't need this. And then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke through my wife's beautiful, beautiful mouth. And he said, God has already given you everything you need. Right? So you already have the word. Just speak the word that God gave you. The reason why God doesn't concern himself with your blessings It's because the mark of a good father says, I have already supplied all of your needs. Because blessings, if you can go to the next slide, blessings satisfy the here and now. Earthly blessings only satisfy what can happen right here on the earth. So
1: So God doesn't concern
0: himself with with your blessings. My sons right now can ask me for any toilet that they want. But if I tell them no and they cry and they flail out and they run all over and they say, oh, why? Why can't I have the toy? It means nothing to me. You want to know why? Because I have committed myself 365 days this year. I have already told myself every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to work because I'm going to work on their behalf to give them everything that they need. That's so, good. so there wants, I don't really concern myself With their wants. But the reason being is because I really want to give them my heart. See, God really wants to give you his heart. That's why he doesn't concern himself with your blessings. The the, the earthly blessings is because really what he's trying to do is establish himself in your life. See, a lot of times, and Pastor Holland says this the best, he says so many people are focused on what God is doing through them that they miss what God is trying to do inside of them. so So we're so focused on what God can give us instead of realizing that God is the gift. His love is the gift. See, we're, we're focused on earthly blessings. We're working focused on cars. We're focused on jobs. We're focused on, 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 on trying to figure out how we can advance in life. And he's saying, you're missing the point. I'm trying to give you my heart. Because my heart gives you access to heavenly blessings. Things that surpass our understanding. Things that take you past this present realm. That's what I'm trying to do for you. So if we look at the scripture here, um, and and, and we understand, before we get to the scripture, focusing on blessings distracts us and pulls us away from God's heart. It's one of the biggest things that takes us away from our relationship. I remember being a child going into my grandma John's house. And I remember distinctly, my sister can attest to this. We would ask her for certain things in her kitchen. I would go to my grandma's house and I would ask her, can I have cereal? And correct me if I'm wrong, she would say, sweetie, it's, it's yours. Whatever you want in the kitchen is already yours. The kitchen is freely given to you. Everything that you need in this life pertaining to life and godliness, Peter said, has already been given to you. The only thing that God has desired and the only thing that my grandmother desired is that when I walked inside of the house, I made a love connection with her. I kissed her. I hugged her. I told her, Grandma, I love you. I sat and just talked to her for a moment. I gave a moment of my time to her because the only thing that she was concerned with was giving me a piece of her. So she told me all the time, the kitchen, anything in there, you have access to. Stop asking me for it. Stop stop trying to figure out how you can get it. Because I would always walk in and, and try and devise a plan on how to get the cookies. But it didn't matter because the only thing that she wanted me to do is give her some sugar. God is looking for somebody to give me some sugar. <laughs> See that. Come on. Boy, a holy kiss to them. But one of the things that we, we have to understand is that, can you go to the next slide, please? God has given us everything that we need, but access to the supply comes through relationship with Jesus Christ through devotion and prayer unto God. Prayer is the single most important thing. Prayer is the single most important gift. Prayer is the single most important weapon. Prayer is like a utility knife. It has everything you need inside of that gift that God has given us. Realistically, he just said that all you have to do is talk to me and I will give what you need. But it comes through Jesus Christ. That's why I always try to tell people, why do you think God sent his son to the world? Why do you think Jesus came down 42 generations just to live and show us how to live? And restore power on earth and bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and, and, and to die and to rise again. It was God trying to give us his heart. From the beginning of time, that's all God was trying to do. He was trying to give us access to him. What does the scripture say? In Second Peter 1 and 3, by his divine power, the Lord has given us, what does that say? Some things. He gave us a couple things. What does the scripture say? Everything. 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 Somebody say everything. Everything. Pertaining to life. That means in the natural. And then it said godliness, which means the spiritual. Things that are above our understanding. He has given us everything that we need. But he said he's given it to us through the knowledge of the one who called us by his own honor and glory, which is Jesus Christ. So I started to realize, I said, I don't know if this congregation needs this. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, it's for the benefit of those who don't believe. See, there's somebody in here, there's a couple of you in here who go to work every single day, who come in contact with people every single day that, that, that you may not know how to exactly explain why it's so important to not focus on this life, why it's so important to not focus on earthly lessons, why it's so important to establish a relationship with God. But sometimes you may not have all of the words. Sometimes you may not have everything that you need to say. But today we're going to explore prayer and pursuing God's heart. Amen. Amen. There was a young man in the Bible. If you can go to the next slide. Um, there's a young man in the Bible that if you search the scriptures, there is no other mention of this young man outside of these two scriptures. Everybody knows who Jabez was. The book of Chronicles literally is about lineages and families and bloodlines. Literally, the whole entire book talks about who begat who, where they came from, and what happened, and, and all this stuff, who their dad was, who their mom was. But then all of a sudden, there's a break, and the, and the scripture just starts talking about Jabez, Just out of nowhere, it starts talking about Jabez. And let's read what the scripture says. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border on my property and that your hand would be with me and you would keep me from evil so that it does not hurt me. And God granted what? His request. Now, there was something interesting when I read this and I thought about Jabez. I said, We didn't find out who his dad was. I guess we understand who his bloodline was. We didn't know if Jabez had a doctor's degree, a master's degree. We didn't know if Jabez had a nice house. We didn't know if Jabez had any siblings, really. We didn't know if Jabez was. We, we didn't find out anything about Jabez. The only thing that we understand about Jabez is that he was a praying man. The only thing that we see about Jabez in the scriptures is that he understood how to mature himself through prayer. So if 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 you look at this. I believe the Holy Spirit, I believe God was really trying to get us to understand that it does not matter about your economic or social status in life. It does not matter about how much money you make. It does not matter about how many blessings that you've received. The only thing that matters to him is that you know how to pray. So when we talk about pursuing God's heart, we have to understand that prayer is the most important thing that God sees in our life. It's the thing that He gave us to have access to Him through Jesus Christ. So prayer is very powerful. We understand that Jabez was spiritually mature in his devotion in prayer. And I love that because Peter told us that in the second chapter, in the second book of Peter. He said, listen. The only thing that you have to do is make your election sure. This is what Peter told us. He said that we have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. He said, But what I need you to do is make your election sure. And one of the ways that you make your election sure is by having devotion unto God. He said you have to add that to your life. That has to be a part of who you are. That has to be embedded in who you are. That has to be a part of your every single day which is devotion unto God. But the the beautiful part about Jabez is he wasn't focused on earthly blessings. He wanted God's hand on his life. Now you have to understand in the Old Testament a lot of times when the Bible talks about the hand of God being on their life it really represents the authority of God being present inside of that person's actions or what they do. Because the hand represents authority, but then the hand also represents guidance and protection. So when he was saying that I want your hand in my life, he was saying, I don't see, see, I don't care about what I'm gonna get. See, a lot of times when we read the prayer of Jabez, there's a lot of people who focus on enlarging the territory. They sit around and they focus on, oh, bless me indeed, and enlarge the territory. But they don't understand that Jabez already knew God was going to bless him. Because he used this very, very special word. It's called indeed. If you don't know, indeed really is just a confirmation of something. If somebody says, uh, Did you brush your teeth today? Your response would be, Indeed, I did. <laughs> right? Because you're confident in what's going on. You're confident in your response. So he said, Lord, if thou would bless me indeed, I already know you're going to do that. The only thing that I need is your authority in my life. Jabez understood how to pray. Jabez was more honorable because of the devotion that he had unto God. That's why he was so much more honorable is because he knew how to pray. And one of my favorite parts about Jabez is obviously, Jabez in the Old Testament, his prayer was well before Jesus, right? But this is how we know Jabez was spiritually mature. If you go right back to the last slide, go back to the last slide, and it says here, and you will keep me from evil so that it does not what? Does that sound familiar to anybody? What does that sound like? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts. Forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into what? Into temptation, but deliver us from what? Jabez was ahead of his time. He had the spirit of God living inside of him. You can go to the next slide, please. He had the spirit of God living inside of him. He understood that prayer was the key. So what I want to do is I want to actually talk about a couple different ways that we pray. That God recognizes and and really makes him happy and makes him smile. But also it's, it's the way that we become productive in pursuing God's heart. And if you go to the next slide. Pursuing God's heart through prayer. Somebody say petition. are a cognitive and conscious effort to lay something before the throne of grace. Petitions say that you understand exactly who God is and what he's capable of. But more importantly, the petition says that I have an expected outcome right. per what God can do. Right. So you have to understand, when you make your petitions known, You are saying, God, I know who you are, I know what you can do, but then I'm also expecting to see the miracle happen. Amen? Here's the most dangerous part about a petition. Multiple people can sign their names. Has anybody ever come to you during the the political times for voting? And they say, can you just sign this petition for this candidate, for this and that? What they're saying is we need multiple people to understand the outcome of voting and the power of prayer, or excuse me, the power of of unity and making sure that we get this thing pushed forward. So what I'm trying to tell you is God designed for us to have petition, not just for ourselves, but for us to be unified as a body of Christ to put our prayers together on the same letter, on the same note, and sign off on it with the unity to the King of Kings. Amen. Go to the next slide, please. 1 John 5 and 14 through 15, what does it say? And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to whose will? Our will. His will. He what? He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the what? The petitions that we desire of Him. But the key part of that scripture is His will. I can't tell you how many times that I've heard people, and I'm telling you, it drives me up a wall. They're asking things of God that are not in His will, they're asking for blessings that aren't inside of God's will. So they get frustrated with God because they haven't really established a relationship with him. They haven't really properly put a petition made known before him. So the confidence that they have is a temporary confidence because when you only serve God based upon the blessings, that means that your faith in God and your relationship with God is a temporary relationship. So the question you have to really ask yourself is, am I pursuing God's heart because I'm in love with him or am I pursuing blessings because I'm in lust with him? That's the word. That is the word. Are you in love with God or are you in lust with God? Because once you, once you try and figure out exactly where you are, if you, if you figure out that you're only serving God for blessings, if you figure out that you're not really pursuing God's heart through prayer, you realize that you are using God God and that God is no longer Abba Father but he's Abba Sugar Daddy which then in return becomes disrespectful right because it says that I'm only serving God for what I can get out of him I'm only serving God for what I can pull from him but the thing that you have to understand is that God is a person he's a person You have feelings, you have emotions. Who do you think gave you those emotions? Who do you think gave you those feelings? You love or know love because he taught you how to love. So you have to understand that being in love with God is the focus. Pursuing God's heart through prayer is the thing that we have to do. And the reason why it's so important to understand that Jabez was only represented by his prayer is because the Holy Spirit was really trying to let us know that your prayer life is a direct reflection of how you view God. Your prayer life, Jaden, is is a direct reflection into your spiritual maturity. So, how people understand. Your relationship with God, how God understands where you are, is by your prayer life. See, see, one of the things that the devil tries to do, that the enemy tries to do, he tries to institutionalize your prayer life. Say that. So what he does is he says that if you're only focused on this, then you're only going to pray for that. Right? He tries to institutionalize the way that you talk to God, when you talk to God, how you talk to God, what you're talking to God about. He's he's trying to get you to, to get your focus off of really pursuing the heart of God. Because if you're pursuing the heart of God, you're actually pursuing the word of God. And if you're pursuing the word of God, then you are pursuing fulfilling what God has for his people. So that's why it's so important to understand that your prayer life is a direct reflection of how you see God. Some of us, or some people that we know, only see God as an ATM. That's the only way that they see God. God, if you just get me out of this situation, I just need five hundred dollars. If you could, Lord, if you could just, if you could just do this for me, this one life. Some people only serve God or know God when their backs up against the wall. But the Bible says, I shall delight, be in night. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. You're my everything. Let me meditate on your precepts day and night. Let me focus on who you are in my life. You're the love of my life. That's the thing that we have to understand is that when we begin to look at God and believe that he is a person, we can treat him that way, but then we can also not only search after his heart, but then more importantly, the signs of a healthy relationship is that you've given him your heart. So giving God your heart is a part of your prayer life. Because I was just telling my wife the other day, um, I I told you I'm in a funny place with God in my relationship. I'm doing things that I never really would have guessed that I do. There are times where I'm going throughout my day, and as soon as something happens, as soon as a worry comes, I start praying. And I don't even mean to. I just start talking to God. And I start saying to God, I can't do this. I need you. I need you to change this. I need you to rearrange this. And I didn't even realize I started doing it until the other day. And I started realizing I view God as my friend. I tell him every last one of my needs. I I give myself over to him in devotion every single day because I love him. Not because I'm looking for something from him. I don't love Lauren because I can get stuff from her. Although she made me eggs this morning and that was beautiful. (laughs) That's not why I love her. She brought him on a plate, let me tell you. I don't even like eating in bed. But she brought him on a plate because she knows that it meant something to me for her to go out of her way and serve me. It means something to God to go out of his way and inconvenience himself and give his son to, to the world, a dying world. He gave his only begotten son because he was trying to give us his heart. I believe that's what you were trying to do, babe. Give me your heart. I receive it. Amen. Amen. Can you go to the next slide? The second way. Oh, it oh, broke up. Okay. The second way that we can pursue God's heart is crying unto God. This is the second way of prayer that God recognizes, and a lot of times it's the most effective way. Crying unto God usually involves tears. I'm talking about real crying with God. I'm not talking about just yelling and screaming at him. I'm talking about those moments where your tears are streaming and no words are coming out. God hears your tears. He hears every last one of your tears. Matter of fact, David said one time, he said, God, I know you hear me. I know you see my tears. Matter of fact, aren't you bottling them up? He hears your tears. Somebody's been crying this week. Somebody's been believing God for something this week, and they had no words to speak. Bless you. All they had were tears. But here's the beautiful part about tears, is that the tears that you cry, the the, the water that runs out of your eyes, those represent need. That's why they're so important. It's because the tears that you cry unto God, they represent something that you need, not something that you want. You're not crying unto God because you 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 just you just you just try to get something extra, but you're crying unto God because you ain't got where to go. You ain't got nothing else to do. You ain't got no words. You don't know what to say. But the Bible says the Spirit itself makes intercession for our very groanings. There are times where I'm driving in the car and I literally will go, and because Lord and I have such an intimate relationship, she'll just look over and go, what's wrong? I hear your groanings. I hear what you're doing. You ain't said a word, but I hear you. That's how God is. He wants to hear us cry out to him because it represents something that we need, not something that we want. God wants to meet every single one of our needs. Here's the hilarious part. Go to the next one, please. (laughs) Psalms 55 and 16 through 17 says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord, what, shall save me. And then it said, Only in the mornings... Or only in the afternoons? What does it say? In the All times of the day. He said, He said, I'm going to cry on God when it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to cry on God when it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to get up from my desk and go run in the stall in the bathroom and I'm just going to cry right there on the toilet in the bathroom at my job. Amen. <laughs> I don't care where I am. That's the confidence that I have. That he will hear my tears. There have been times where I was sitting at my desk at work and people thought I was asleep. I was bending down crying. He said, I will cry and I will pray aloud. He said, he shall hear my voice. Let me tell you something about babies. Let me tell you something about you. When you were a baby, you didn't know English. Did you know that? I taught you something, didn't I? You didn't know English, did you? Did you know English? Not not when you were a baby. When you were hungry, when you had that blowout diaper, what did you do? You cried. Right? But here's the beautiful part about your cry. You really didn't know what you needed. When you wanted to be picked up, you really didn't know what you needed. You didn't know, but what did you do? You cried unto God. Excuse me, your mom and dad. You cried out to your mom and dad because you knew that mommy and daddy, somehow, you really didn't even know that they were mommy and daddy. You just knew that whoever this individual or whatever this thing was, it was coming to give you something that you can consume. And that feeling, that pain in your stomach, that pain in your heart, that pain in your mind, that pain in your body was gone because of the love that they had. The love that they produced for you to provide what you needed because you cried out. Don't stop crying, people of God. Don't stop crying. God hears your tears. Matter of fact, there are times where God would prefer that you cry. He would prefer that you cry. There are times because of my son, Nicholas, and the way that he came into the world, he was premature. And so I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'm just going to tell the short version. He almost died in my arms because he was choking on his own mucus and his own acid. Reflux that was coming up through his airways. He didn't know how to process it, so he turned blue. I had him in my arms. I was crying, right? But after that, when he would cry at 2, 3 in the morning, when he would cry at night, it would bring joy to me. It would bring so much joy to my heart that I would hear him cry because it made me realize that he needs me. God is looking for some people who not only are giving them his heart, but he's saying, do you need me? Do you need me? Do you love me? Or am I in this by myself? Am I in this relationship as a lopsided, one-sided relationship? See, through loving kindness have I drawn thee? But after loving kindness, I need you to mature to a place that you understand how to talk to me and that you can cry out to me and you can come to me for whatever you need. So, so, God, we have to mature past the first level of infancy, but never forget where we've come from. So, God loves to hear our tears. He loves that we cry out to him. And I love this picture of this cute little fat-faced baby. There's so much worry in our eyes. Look at the, little, the drool on the left side of the mouth. I mean, it, 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 that's, an ugly, that's what we call an ugly face cry. Yeah, yeah. Is, is anybody ever ugly face cry in here? <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel like Igor after you ugly face cry? Like when you get done, you go, "Don't look at me! <laughs> don't look at me!" <laughs> <laughs> ugly face crying just represents a full breakdown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are times when
0: I son ugly face cry. And and I will just record it, because it's just, it's ugly. I'm so glad God ain't like me. I'm so glad I'm trying to be like him, because what if he recorded every ugly case problem? Can I tell a joke for a second? Because you just imagine that the rapture happened, and we all get caught up in the air, and it's this big, terrifying day, and, you know, we're getting caught up like this, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but then we just get up in the air, and then this big screen comes on, and everybody's around you, and it just starts going through all of your life. And then all of a sudden, it shows those times you cry. It's like a montage of you crying. We have such a, a good father who loves us. You can you go to the next slide, please? Philippians 4 19 through 20 says something that. I don't think we truly understand. I don't don't think we understand because it's hard for us to grasp the concept of truly the heavenly blessings that God provides for us. And it's hard to to grasp that concept because, like I said earlier, earthly blessings is the thing that takes your focus on God and it causes you to, to blur the lines and, and more importantly, the enemy uses earthly blessings to cause you to, to be pulled away from God. Have you ever noticed when people get a promotion or they get a new car, and when they were on track and on fire for God? I, I've known people over the years that have gotten so many blessings, and then as soon as they got the blessings, they didn't show up for Sunday service, they didn't come to a, a prayer meeting, they didn't do anything that they were doing before, because the blessings were the thing that satisfied. It was, the thing that co- it was the thing that was connecting them to God in the first place. So as the blessings came and the blessings went, so did their faith, so did their relationship, so did their devotion. So we have such a good God, and, and, and the scripture says in Philippians 4, 19 through 20, it says, but my God, and I love that because he was trying to make it personal. Paul was talking to some folks, and he was saying, listen. You can believe what you want, but I'm telling you right now, my dad, my God, he shall supply, again, all of your need. But I love that because it didn't say needs. Anybody notice that? It didn't say needs. Let's read that again. But my God shall supply all your needs. Wait, time out. I got needs. You ever know, heard people say, I got needs? Sim, you ever heard people say that? I got needs. And you'd be like, Ugh. you know what needs, you think, yeah, you nobody cares. <laughs> why does this I, I'm stuck right here? Why is this why does the scripture say supply all your need? That's not plural. That's singular. That's Let me tell you something. there is a saying that says when a man or a woman, generally it's men not women, but when a man knocks on the door of a brothel he's not searching for sexual pleasure, he's searching for love, he's searching for God because that could that he feels, that moment that before moment of, 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 of just happiness that he feels when he's having that sexual pleasure that's not really what it's about it's about him connecting on another level that makes him feel wanted and loved yeah, so, so we have to understand Paul said he will supply all your need because you only have really one need that's to feel loved that's to feel wanted that's to feel like you are in a divine relationship. When you first come out of your mother and father's womb, the first excuse me, not your father. When you first come out of your mother's womb, when you first come out of my womb, where's Nicholas at? When you first came. When you first come out of your mother's womb, the first thing you do is you do what? You hope. You ah! ah. the very example of the first and only need you ever had was that somebody would come and grab you and touch you and make you feel like you're loved. So you have to understand that when you think about pursuing the heart of God, you got to think about it in an intimate love-binding relationship that God has been trying to provide since he created Adam and Eve. That's why the Bible says that a man that findeth a wife find a good thing, and he obtained what? Favor from God. See, God couldn't provide man's love need on a natural level, so he said, I'm going to create animals. And then when he created animals, he was like, this ain't going to do it because they don't have And so he said, you know what? i got to create somebody or something that's going to show this man, Adam, that I love him, and want to give him my heart. He said, how do I show him that I give him my heart? He said, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create one man, and I'm going to give him my heart through her. That's why he said, a man that finds a a wife, he finds a good thing, and he obtains favor from God. Or in other words, he was obtaining the heart of God. Women, that's why your role in society is so important. That's why your role in the home is so important, is because you represent the heart of God. That's you. You do that. You're the only one that can nurture. You're the only one that can make the, the, the sons and daughters feel like their little scrape was the most important thing in the world. I don't have that ability. My son falls off a chair. I say, get up. I do. Last night my son was standing, I kid you not, you, you guys know what a lap desk is? He was standing on a lap desk. On a, on a little planter ledge. And, and it was just enough, enough like up. this to where if he slipped off the lap bass, <laughs> he would hit his chin and bite his tongue. And I was thinking to myself, somebody get the cotton swabs. But, but my wife's aunt was at the house, and she said, oh, baby, get up. And she did like a, a running back spin. And, and she, she grabbed him, and she said, baby, you can't do that. because." And, she did, and I was just sitting there thinking, that's the love of a mother. That's God's heart. That's God's heart. I couldn't do it. I don't care. I, I care, but I don't care. You see the shame in my mind, myself? I can testify that's <laughs> true. It's true, right? So the scripture says, according to your need, he said, excuse me, supply all your need according to who? His riches in glory. By Jesus Christ. So again, we understand that God sent his only begotten son into the world because he was trying to give us his heart. And anybody that receives Christ has received the heart of God. And now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Can you go to the next slide for me? Pursuing God's heart through prayer, it's going to require you to have an attitude of I love that little face. It's so simple, but yet it means so much. How many people have been grumpy? <laughs> you know, it's, it's one thing to be sad or angry or frustrated, but I distinctly remember the times I was grumpy. It was rooted and based out of a place of so much unthankfulness. I mean, it really was. There were times where I was riding in the car, and I kid you not, my mother... Was a praying woman. She would literally, because I was so grumpy in the back seat, she would literally go, By the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray that this. And I would just get upset and more upset. I'd be like, Oh, she didn't give me what I wanted, and she's praying for me? It. it was so disrespectful. You don't bring God into this. It's between you and I. God, thanksgiving and praise and he despises complaining so the third way that we petition or should we pray unto God first we talk about petitions the second way is crying unto God and the third way is through thanksgiving and praise that's how we pray the bible says I will enter into his courts I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise which thanksgiving and praise is the opposite of complaining See, what God does not want you to do is he doesn't want you to complain to him. This way of communicating to God is a direct sign of spiritual immaturity. It's, it's not only disrespectful to God, but it's based out of a selfish desire to ask God for wants instead of needs. But, but here's the danger about asking God and complaining for your needs instead of your wants, it removes and strips the peace of God from your life. So when you're sitting around complaining to God and you're asking him for some needs instead of the wants, it takes the peace of God that comes into your heart. See, when you believe God and his ability to answer and his ability to do, if you understand and believe in God and who he is, But the problem is when you start to complain, it starts to reveal that you truly didn't believe in God in the first place. Or you didn't believe in his nature in the first place. You didn't believe in what he could do in the first place. So you're complaining. You've lost faith. You've lost the focus. You're not pursuing the heart of God. You've taken steps backward when you're complaining. Matter of fact, complaining strips you of your defense. Complaining takes your mindset and makes it vulnerable to the enemy's attack. Because once you start complaining unto God, it strips you of the peace of God. And the peace of God is the thing that protects your mind. Can you go to the next one? Complaining is against God's name, excuse me, uh, against God's desire to us. Colossians 4 and 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Thanksgiving. I believe going back to Jabez's prayer, he was like Paul in Philippians when Paul said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then this is my favorite part. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. You have to understand that your heart and your mind must be guarded. Because you've you, you got to know that when the scripture talks about the, 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 the flesh, it's really talking about the, the, the mind. Right? It's talking about the spirit and the nature of man. And the spirit and the nature of man resides right here in the mind. Right? But the Bible also teaches us that where our heart is, is where our hope is. Or where our hope is, is where our heart is. So hope is the doorway to your heart. But your heart is the keeper of your soul. So you have to understand that your heart and your mind go hand in hand when it comes to how you function on this earth. See, God wants you to give Him your heart, and He wants you to give Him your mind. But when you start complaining, when you're not coming from a place of thanksgiving and praise, you strip yourself of peace. And peace is the thing that guards both of those. Peace is the thing that builds the wall around your heart. Peace is the thing that builds the wall around your mind. So you have to understand that his peace and what he provides for you surpasses all understanding. And it's the thing that, that tries to get you to be subject, all your thoughts, all everything inside your heart, to, to Jesus Christ. Amen. When you complain to God, you're sacrificing your peace. Can you go to the next slide for me? So so after understanding that there are three three ways to pursue God's heart in prayer, that's petitions, crying out, and with thanksgiving and praise, we have to understand that these things are a part of the intimacy that you create between you and God. And I want you guys to get this because it was it was such a profound revelation uh, uh, when when it hit me. But but intimacy with God produces identity. Identity produces faith. But without revelation of our identity as children of God, it is impossible to operate in greater measures of faith. I'm going to say it again. The intimacy that you have with God produces identity. Once you get this identity, you now have the ability to have faith, but not just any faith, great faith, right? See, what faith does for us that we really don't realize, because remember, Joyce Myers, she had the book, she's she's the one that revolutionized just the the mental capacity that we have uh, with her book and, and, and how she's helped people realize that the battlefield that you have in this life starts here, right? And so, faith allows you to deflect and expect. Okay? Faith allows you to deflect the lies that the enemy tells and expect the promises of God. Faith allows you to push away the lies and the the things that the enemy tries to send your mind to steal your peace, to steal your joy, to steal everything that God has given you through his heart And then it allows you to then expect power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, when sickness comes, when death comes in your life, the first thing that happens is the enemy's trying to tell you a lie. He's trying to tell you that you're you're not going to be well. He's trying to tell you that your family is going to fall apart. He's trying to tell you lies that, that you will never be healed. That, that, that God really doesn't care about you, that, that God is not really there. But how many know that when we are identified as the children of God, we understand that we stand and walk in authority and we have the ability to stand firmly on God's word and deflect those lies and start to speak life into our situation because we were properly identified through intimacy with God. We have properly established who we are in Christ Jesus. So when we talk about pursuing God's heart, uh, intimacy is a huge part of it. I, I, I distinctly remember in the Bible when um, David would say, uh, Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew in the right spirit, right? And I thought about it earlier and I said, you can't ask somebody, you can't ask a stranger to search your heart. You can't ask a stranger to do really anything for you because they don't know you, right? I can't, and my dad always says this and he tells young couples this and, and, and I know Jaden, you're a young couple and you're probably looking to get married here real soon, probably in the next week or so, I'm just joking. <laughs> that's, the, yeah, that's not, that's not that was all flesh, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> My dad always tells young couples, he said, when, when the physical is gone, when the attraction fails, you know, when, when skin starts drooping past your knees, right? When you got stuck to hold it up. He, he said, you're going to want somebody that you can look across the table and know that if you start choking or coughing, they're going to know what to do. He said, you you want somebody that that you can go through life with that's going to understand you. That's the true nature of intimacy. It's that you understand God and that God already knows and understands you. And one of the beautiful things that I'm trying to do in my relationship right now with God is I'm trying to realize when he walks in the room and he walks out of the room. I'm trying to get to a point that I'm so intimate with God that when he's speaking over in the corner, I can hear something through all the noise and all the mess. I'm trying to get to a point that in my relationship with God, not when I'm groaning that he understands, but when he's groaning, I understand. That's where I'm trying to get with God. When my wife walks into the room, I know it. When she walks out of the room, I can feel it because a piece of me is walking out. That's intimacy with God. That's 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 being in unity with this moves. Amen. I'm gonna move straight through this, and then I'm almost finished here. Um, if you go to the next slide, um, pursuing God's heart through intimacy uh, is predicated on the, the excuse me uh, uh, the faith that you get from from pursuing God's heart through intimacy is predicated on on our identity that we establish. And I just want to read this scripture real quick because. Uh, Paul, as um, soon as I get to heaven I'm going to do a couple different things but I, I'm have lunch with Paul I've already I've already made that up in my mind, I'm going to talk to him we're going to go to Jupiter, we're going to go somewhere hang out I'll be back, I don't know if we're going to really those yeah. so Acts 17 to 26 says he's talking about God, he said he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation. I'm going to stop there. When the, word God, when the word of God says bounds, it's really saying the boundaries of their habitation. And it's not just talking about the physical boundaries, but it's talking about the spiritual boundaries. It's talking about the, the mental capacity. God has already predetermined before time that you will and shall have great faith. Amen. He has already determined that that's a part of who you are and what he desires of and for you is for you to have a great measure of faith. He did not create us just to stay in kindergarten, but we must graduate from first grade to second grade, from third grade, and then eventually graduate from high school and then pursue a higher level of learning. Amen. Amen. So that they should seek the Lord. If happily they may feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And then this is the part where he's giving you true identity. This is the prelude to the, to the heart of God. He's saying, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain of your own poets have said. And, and Paul was really saying in this scripture, listen, I ain't even talking about my folks. I'm talking about your people. I'm talking about your co-workers at the state of Michigan the ones that that really don't even know too much about God, they have written in their own notes that we are his offspring. They've identified who you are. They've identified your relationship. They've said that you have identity in Christ. The people that you know because of your prayer life, the people that you know because of your faith have already identified who you are. So God is saying, I need you to recognize it, that through your intimacy, I am producing identity. So in God, we live, we move, and we have our being. And then it says, for as much then, if we are the offspring of God, and here we go again, we get back to those blessings. We ought not to think that Godhead is like unto gold, silver, stone, graven art, uh, and, and it's like man's devices. So in other words, what Paul is saying is that you have to understand that you can't believe that God is as precious as gold. You can't believe that God is as precious as silver. He's more than that. Because the Bible says heaven and earth, it will pass away. You know what's inside of heaven and earth? Gold. Matter of fact, gold is one of the most malleable uh, 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 items, on, uh, items on the periodic table. And uh, one of the things that you don't understand about gold is that it can be smashed so thin That it literally can be spread as a sheet on a football field. That's how precious gold is. Paul is saying that God is more precious than that. He's more precious than your earrings. He's more precious than the things and the possessions that you have. He's more precious even than your mother and your brother. Jaden, she's looking at you. But, but too many times, this is what we do. Instead of pursuing the heart of God, we pursue the idea of God. Instead of pursuing what God truly wants, we just pursue, we pursue what, 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 what we want. It's not really predicated on what, and I remember there were a couple times where, where, where young people that I talked to, they get so caught up in their gifts. They get so caught up in their gifts. And then I look at them and the Holy Spirit told me to tell them, he said, do you really think God created you and, your, and gave you these gifts to, to, to cater his kingdom and his ministry around you? Yes, amen, That's a word. Or did he give you these gifts to allow you to give them back to his kingdom and to allow you to pour back into His ministry and to allow you to give something to the kingdom of God? That's not why you have gifts. That's it, but see, you can't understand that. Our peers can't understand that. Our family will never understand that if they're pursuing the blessings. Yeah, that's so good. They can't understand that. Because the only thing that they're going to do is win an award and get up on their, at the award show and say, I'm going the first to give honor to God. That's nice. Thank you. But did you do it in private? Yeah, come on. Right? What if you didn't win that award? Did you did you not wake up that morning and give honor to God? Right? So I mean, we have to understand that God gives us the identity to understand who we are. If you go to the next slide, God calls us his children, he calls us that. We didn't we didn't make that up. That's not something that we you know how some people want to be in an in-crowd and they start jumping in pictures and they start saying, These are my friends, and none of the people in the circle of friends really claim them. I've had that in high school, I promise. I've had that a lot of times in high school where somebody would jump in and then, you know, when that person leaves, everybody in the group will be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But God calls you his child. He chose you. You're chosen. You're chosen. He chose you. Not you, him. He chose you in return so that you knew how to love. Right? But, but he calls us his children and he makes himself available to receive him. Listen, and this is a whole other message, but I, I can just briefly touch on it. God's heart is inside of his kingdom. One of the things that the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those vipers did when Jesus came is they tried to challenge him and test him and say, oh, where's the kingdom? Where is it at? Oh, Jesus, where is it at? And he gave him a real simple answer. He said, you, can I say, you idiots? You idiots. He said, the kingdom is in you. What's a king without his people? Right? God loves you so much that his heart is in his kingdom. This is why Jesus would always, always try to explain how the kingdom of heaven works. He was trying to tell you how valuable you are to God. That's really what he was trying to say. Matter of fact, he even went on to say that all the commandments that you've heard in the past, Everything that, that, that Moses did is summed up in two very specific things. He said, love God and what? Love people. That's his kingdom. That's pursuing God's heart. It's pursuing the love that you have for him and then the love that you have for your brother. See, once you start to pursue God's heart on this level, you then, tr- you, you, you now, you now. Get into a place to where you start to become and and bear his image through Jesus Christ. Can you go to the next slide? And I love these next couple pictures. Um, That last picture was a group of people just hugging each other, right? And then this next one, I love it because they're children. And everybody knows that children have the most pure hearts. Children have the most pure minds. And and, and one of the things that we're dealing with in our society right now is racism, right? We're dealing with a heavy, heavy level of racism. And and again, this is another message for a different time. But if you didn't know that racism is a spiritual attack, it's it's not something natural. It's not something that you understand how to do because it's a true feeling. It's a spiritual attack. And matter of fact, it's a generational curse that keeps getting passed on and passed on because the devil, the enemy knows that if we cannot stand together, we are divided, and that we fall, and we can't stand for truth, and we can't do things that the kingdom will require of us, because we're always bickering and fighting about who's better or who's worse, because of something that we didn't control in the first place. So different different topic, different message at different time. But this picture right here represents diversity, it represents children. You have to understand, when we pursue the heart of God, we take on his nature, and we can begin to love like him. Right? That's really what God was trying to do. He was trying to give us his heart so we could be like him. Right? And then bearing his image allows us to fulfill our purpose and then share in the real blessings, heavenly blessings. And we're going to talk about those real quick, and then I'm going to close out. Pursuing God's heart in Colossians 3 and 1 through 6. It says, therefore, if you were raised through Christ... Look for the things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right side. I love this because this goes back to the original thing that I yelled when I first started. Don't focus on lessons. Focus on God's heart. Don't focus on the things of this world. Don't focus on the things that are pulling you and distracting you away from God's heart. He said, think about things that are, that are high above, that are beyond this world. He said, think about things that are not on the earth. Right? And then he says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ too is your life, somebody said, Christ, Christ, Christ is my life. Christ is my life.
1: Christ is my life. That's my identity. That's who I am.
0: It's, when it's revealed, then you also will be, re- be revealed with him in glory. Amen. Amen? And then once you're revealed with him in glory, which is a, it can make me cry just thinking about it. Because I don't deserve Anything that God has done for me. I don't deserve anything that God is doing in me. And I don't deserve anything that God is doing through me. Because I continually fail God. I'm going to be transparent for minute. I continually fail him. Every single day. But his love is the thing that reconciles me back through my obedience and my righteousness. So we have the opportunity to be revealed with him in glory. So this is my favorite part. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth. So young people, and I know you guys know this, and I know this congregation knows this, but be reminded, the things of this earth are are defined as sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. Next slide, please. He was. Paul was telling the people in this, in, this, in this book, he said, you, you very people, you, you used to actually live this way on a daily basis. He said, you used to live and do these things, he said, but now set aside these things such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene language. My wife is still working on an obscene language. I'm messing. had <laughs> to put her out on the street. <laughs> and when I say the same language, I ain't talking about them for real. You, you know, there are times when the car will say, she'll say, uh, what, what word do you say sometimes? And it cracks me up because we don't want our kids to know it. And our kids think fake fake curse words are curse words. Oh, he said a curse word. Like Nicholas will say, he's stunking, daddy, he's stunking. And we'll go, don't say that, son, that's not a nice word. <laughs> But but the Bible says that we have to be able to put off obscene language, right? We can't be like our former self. We can't be like those who don't believe in God's nature. But he says, take off the old man. Excuse me. He said, don't lie to each other. He said, don't lie to each other because we lie to ourselves and we lie to each other. He said, take off the old human nature uh, in his practices and put on a new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image, there is neither Greek nor Jew. There's that racism. There is. That's nor circumcision, nor uncircumcised barbarian. I don't know the next one. Slave, nor free. But Christ is, in, is all things and in all people. And then we're going to wrap up with the last part. It says, Therefore, as God's choice, I am God's choice. Somebody repeat that. I am God's choice. Holy and loved. Put on compassion. This is what we ought to do. When we start pursuing the heart of God, when we really start to have intimacy with God and we get our identity, these are the things that you are going to begin to see. These are the things that your family members are going to be seeing. It's compassion. That means hugging people in a courtroom when they've killed your pro- your, your brother. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kindness. That means when somebody got on your nerves behind the counter when they did your order and you want to say everything wrong to him, right? (laughs) Humility, that's when God elevates you, and you give him the glory by just doing. Not taking credit, not trying to figure out how you can get more shy, but saying, God, this is your doing, right? Gentleness, realizing that everybody's not on the same level as you. Everybody's faith is still growing, so having that opportunity to gently guide them along. Impatience, boy, we can say a lot about that. But patience is killing people over chicken. patience, people are dying over chicken. Did you guys know that? People are almost dying over chicken. Did you all know that? Somebody did die over chicken. Think about that for a second. Someone died over a chicken. If you say that to yourself, it almost becomes comical for a moment because you go, what world do we live in? Right? This is what happens when people can't take on the image and bear the image of God. This is what happens. We kill people over chicken because they didn't have patience to wait in line for a sandwich that probably is going to kill you. we Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're we're waiting in line and we're losing our patience to take on sin. We're losing our patience to just take on more sin. This is what people are doing. Right? It's destroying us. But But we have to understand that as the Lord forgave you, also ye forgive one another. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of God, excuse me, the peace of Christ must control your hearts. There's that peace again. and peace into which you are called in one body and be thankful people. Man, it's all coming back together. Be thankful in your prayer. Cry unto God. Have petitions that are cognitive and conscious with an expected outcome. And you shall be pursuing the heart of God. And then the rest of the scripture just talks about being thankful people. The word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all signs. uh, Excuse me. With all wisdom by singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your heart. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And give thanks to the Father through him. And then go to the last picture. That's the image of God. Love. Love in a sunset. Love in the field. Love in the trees. Love in the air. Love wherever we are. This is is what and I believe, obviously this is a, a made up picture. But this is what the beauty of love if if you could put it into nature and put it into an image, this is what the beauty of love looks like. Everything in harmony. Matter of fact, the sun is shining on a heart. Right? I mean, I love this picture so much because I believe that we are the grass. We are the flowers in the field. But the thing that's rooted up like a tree with a big heart That's Jesus. And the Father shining down on Jesus. And the only way that we really properly get our nutrients is by connecting together in the field and saying, connecting to the roots of Jesus. Amen? So I just want to leave you with this. I love you, Shekinah. I love you, I love you. Remember, this message, and God told me to tell you this, this is for the benefit of those who don't believe. So hide this message away in your heart and let it be ready to speak to those who are struggling with the pursuit of God's heart. If everybody could just stand, I just want to thank God for his his word and thank God for his way. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for giving us your heart through Jesus Christ. We thank you for sacrificing and making it inconvenient for you just to love us those who despise you, those who hate you, those who don't understand you. God, we ask you to use us through bearing your image, through doing the things that you have asked us to do by giving petitions, oh God, and praying not for ourselves, but praying for other people, praying for their needs, that they may happily find you and cry out unto you, God, with thanksgiving and praise because of who you are. God, we are just asking you to use us as vessels of worship and praise. That we may spread your gospel of your dear son. That people would be translated from darkness to light because of your love. Father God, we ask you to give us the anointing. to, To walk in authority and to change the city of Lansing. By making the body of believers realize that the things of this life can be distractions. And that they must focus. They must focus on what you've given us. Which is love. Heavenly blessings, God. Peace, love, and joy. God, I I speak it over this congregation. I, I speak it over this city. And I say that I declare that joy and peace shall rest upon the hearts of the people. In a very uneasy time, God, I declare that your love shall be the thing that gives healing power to the hearts. God, I repent on behalf of everyone that has not properly pursued you. God, I speak wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to those who really don't know how to pray. Father God, we thank you this this afternoon. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for for your sacrifice. But Lord, we just ask you to to give us your love so that we will be bonded in perfection with unity and that we may be able to deflect and expect by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Yeah, can we thank God for the Nate? I just love you guys so much. Yeah, Shanger, go ahead and play that. It's so good to see us, mark. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming. Keep praying and simply obey because God is good and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit Shekinahonline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on Every Podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.